Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex Optics, and today we are talking to hunters from around the country, and the common theme seems to be taking care of family matters and finding hard mast. What's happening, y'all? This is Rut Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex Optics. Guess what, guys? It is hunting season almost everywhere right now. Like, October is here. Mm. This is what we like to affectionately call the pre-rut. That's exciting times, man. I love being to this time of the year. We're actually up in South Dakota right now. Been hunting in Nebraska, and it actually is fall here. Back home in Texas, it's still summer. Like, my kid's swimming in the backyard. My, you know, like, it's going down. But up here in the North Country, these deer are moving around, and it is exciting. Tyler Jones is also here with me. Tyler, what is happening, dude? Oh, just, you know, trying to chase deer around all over the country right now. Yeah. Um, actually, been up in Nebraska. We mm-hmm. have, and uh, we've had pretty good little chunk of success there mm, uh, chunky and i think it might even get better in the future Ooh. so uh but yeah we've you know we actually started that hunt uh i had a I had a rough hunt man mm-hmm. and uh you were having Those the runs. best <laughs> runs had a run you, you were having a bunt <laughs> best hunt uh, the for me i i think the first two hunts that i had i saw let's say it was a morning and an evening mm-hmm. i had one deer so I called that a house average and a half deer per sit. Um, I decided to be pretty aggressive and hunt, you know, tree stand, hang uh, saddles and be in trees basically um, on this hunt, uh, at least early on instead of glass and trying to figure something out, mm-hmm. right? 
you did a little more glass and type stuff and and had more success overall on that trip. I would call my strategy ground and pound strategy where I yeah. wasn't glassing to learn things for like three days later. It was like try to put eyes on deer and make moves on them mm-hmm. in that sense. And it and it does what it always does. It produces encounters, but they have a much lower odds of success than whenever you hang in a tree like you what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you it's strange how like if you're in a tree and you encounter a buck, there's a real good chance that you can get a shot. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're on the ground doing that thing, there's a real good chance you mess it up yeah. real bad. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of, we employed different strategies early on there. And mm-hmm. I think that was, um, you know, part of the reason I struggled is I, sh- I was trying to find, well then, so I ended up actually doing what you were doing and found deer, saw quite a few deer that morning, but didn't see a shooter. And that's mm-hmm. the, that was kind of the issue we were running into is like habitat's kind of limited where we, where we were at and starting out. And I ended up, uh, finding deer, but not a shooter. And that's what you, you know, that's the issue there is your, your shooter may not be in a particular piece of cover, that particular piece of cover. So now it's time to move two miles over and do something different mm-hmm. find a different piece and see if he's there. And so I was really kind of, you know, running thin on optimism at the time and uh you're over here just like having the time of your life <laughs> just boot spooking and yeah doing all kinds of stuff i don't know man. if you would call it the time of your life because i don't know that depends on what you call the time of your life you know what that's a pretty deep concept right mm-hmm. but one would say that um what makes a good vocalist is dynamic range mm-hmm. and maybe that's how hunting goes too like a lot of dynamic range in the hunt, highs and lows, as a lot of people would say, right? I'd and say, So yeah. that's ex- definitely what I was experiencing. Um, this, All this stuff that we're talking about here, guys, will be on the Meat Eater channel next summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're producing a whitetail uh, travel-type series, mm-hmm. um, and that's what we're doing right now in South Dakota, too. But uh, Which, by the way, we had... We killed two bucks. We did. But I can't tell you too much more. We're actually going to probably talk about that on our podcast here real soon. So mm-hmm. you can jump over to the Element and uh, listen to the story if you're interested. And speaking of killing bucks, there's other success. Yeah. In the Rut Fresh crew, as you would say, all right? Oh, Marky Mark. Marcus Kenyon <laughs> has done it again. Again, I think. Oh. He's killed more than one, right? Yeah, well, this was his first buck. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a good first buck. Yeah, it uh, is. So, it is. Um, of the season, sorry. Mark is going to talk about that on his main show, too, but he he killed an opening weekend buck in Michigan, mm-hmm. and it's a nice deer. It's a big deer, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm, I was stoked for him. Um, mm-hmm. We're actually up here right now, um, and we're going to be uh, hanging out some with Tony. Uh, you guys know Tony Peterson, probably, if you listen to this podcast, and uh, we're going to do some South Dakota hunting together mm-hmm. too and talk about that that's going to be part of that same video series casey was talking about that the nebraska hunt will be on and that'll be a 2023 thing so you got something to wait on and look forward to uh it's kind of like christmas just a little bit farther out pretty much that's so, right and yep. uh guys I, I know that it's exciting time of the year there's all kinds of things going running around out there in your mind tactics and all this and it's actually a little cloudy because it's also the time of year that uh, the influencer crowd tends to want to spit out a bunch of tips and tactics. Mm-hmm. Don't get too bogged down in that stuff. Yeah. Hunt your hunt. Look at what's going on around you. 
perceive what the deer are doing and make moves to kill deer. And that's what Rut Fresh is all about, right? We yeah. talk to people from different parts of the country to try to hone in on maybe a pattern that you also might see that will help you kill deer, right? Yeah, and sure. um, optimism is high, but realism is important, mm-hmm. right? This is where this is actually the contrast that Tyler and KC have. <laughs> KC's a little bit too much of an optimist. Tyler, I don't know if you can be too much of a realist because it is real, right? Uh, so, it tends to it t- real uh, too much realism actually turns to a negative context sometimes. Yeah. I think, or it's easy to do. Yeah. So, so we, I can do that. We balance sure. each other out with like a conservative optimism, pretty much, yeah. uh, and it works out pretty good. So. Be optimistic. Be excited about deer season, right? But yep. don't don't go in there saying it's an eleven out of ten on October tenth. Whenever you have a buck moving at three a.m. on your trail camera, yeah, right. That's that's not what it is. You're just excited. You yeah, know? that's the thing is you you definitely want to be. I don't know. FOMO is high this time mm-hmm. of year because there are people killing deer. The thing is, you got the right property, then the deer is just. You know, he's just pre-season hanging out mm-hmm. on your property. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the right property, then you need to wait for the rut. That's yeah. what, plain and simple, you know. <laughs> That's exactly but, right. you know, there are a few guys that we're going to talk to this week that have, um, I guess, the right property or they're on the right <laughs> property, right? Michael Hunsucker from Harland Bowhunter. You guys will hear about his uh, Ohio buck. Uh, uh, your buddy Roy Strawn. Oh, Academy Workers, uh, he's he's out of Texas. He has a really interesting story as well for you this week. Matt Ross from the NDA, he's up in the New York area. For the, all you Northeasterners, he's going to uh, crush your hopes. And then uh, Christian Babcock, our buddy from Oklahoma, um, has a really cool story of a big old toad buck that he shot. So yeah. hopefully this stuff will help you out a little Let's bit. give him a little extra here, okay. Tyler. As, uh, so we've hunted Nebraska this week, mm-hmm. uh, kind of give some of that like plain <clears throat> stuff. Uh, if you were to predict buck movement for Nebraska for the next week, what would you foresee it being like? And tell me why. Well, we've got a cold front coming in, and I think that what it's going to do uh, for these deer, they've had – pretty hot weather uh hot evenings especially and what i have seen is that these deer are moving literally 10 minutes of shooting light left Mm -hmm. a lot of times i think what you're going to get is that when this front when these fronts push in not only cold weather but overcast evenings which is going to make you know make deer at least think that maybe it's later than it is right Mm -hmm. um they're they're out there all the time, so they're not easily fooled in that. But they there is a, a couple of minutes there that can help you out if you're, you know, needing some extra time. You're, that deer that you've seen is coming, you know, late. He's coming right after shooting light. So mm-hmm. I would say scale of 1 to 10, um, based off of what my hunt was, I would say we're looking at probably somewhere in the five range uh, with that weather coming in because mm-hmm. it's going to change patterns and it's going to make them move. You just got to... You just got to find them, and that's mm-hmm. what I was struggling to do. Yeah, I think that that was exactly the number I was going for, too, yeah. kind of right in the middle, man. Middle America, middle numbers. That's what Nebraska is. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Crossroads uh, of America. That's right. Food sources are still going to be huge. It's a dry, dry year up here in the plains. Uh, so find water, find food, and you will find bucks. Uh, and I would say mornings still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that overall I saw better action in the mornings. I think that a lot of the deer are holding tight to bedding until the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. That can change, like you were saying, though, with some cooler temps, some overcast weather. It could get really, really nice. And, yeah. and guys, like I want us to be real about what these numbers mean to us, at least. Uh, a five is a really good number for whitetail hunting. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the best rut day of my life was probably a nine. You know, and that's yeah. so like you can't personally. 
I can't throw out a seven or eight very, uh, you know, with much conscience yep. because it's a little bit, uh, that's, those are kind of like sacred numbers, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's getting up there pretty <laughs> high. Right getting there. up there high. So, yeah. so feel good about a five. Yeah, for sure. Know? We've got some seven or eights in this forecast for you. So let's listen to these guys. Tell us why you should be out in the woods. Okay, on the phone now, we've got Michael Hunsucker from Heartland Bowhunter. Michael, you've been in Ohio recently, and you've had some success. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I just got back a couple days ago, the uh, day before yesterday. Well, so how'd this hunt go down? It, it looked like it was a different kind of habitat or different type of country than you normally are hunting. Yeah, absolutely. So um, actually, it was, a, it was a hunt that we did a giveaway with Trophy Rock and the guys at Redmond Hunt. And, um, so we had a hunt winner, um, that, that won the, the giveaway and we got them all outfitted and, um, we were basically going to do this hunt in Ohio. So we chose to do opening week, um, out there in Ohio and, um, some of the Redmond guys, um, you know, live out there in that area and have been hunting in that area. And so they have a few different properties that they hunt and, um, it's kind of in the foothills of the Appalachian mountains, um, kind of in Southeast Ohio there. And, uh, so it was pretty cool. It was unique for me, just different than what, um, what I've hunted before. I've only hunted Ohio one time before. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of what reminded me of being from Missouri was, was hunting like down at the Ozarks in the Ozark mountains, mm-hmm. uh, as we call them here. So just a lot of steep terrain, a lot of timber. Um, and for early season, that can be extremely difficult. And, uh, it proved to be, especially starting out, um, just, acorns dropping everywhere and deer didn't really have to go far you know they they love they love those acorns even though they're not the the most nutritional Mm -hmm. so this is a common scenario a lot of hunters run into where it's feast or famine with acorns where there's either just one good feed tree and it's awesome or there's so many that you can't really target a specific spot how did you uh, navigate that yeah so for us it was um you know it was it was a pretty um, one of the areas that was not not affected by drought much so really good acorn crop it seemed um so the red oaks and the white oaks alike were both dropping like crazy and so you know we um we hunted the first first few days i always try to be i'm a pretty cautious whitetail hunter um i don't like just like bombing in and you know just hiking around in the woods looking for an acorn tree um and bumping deer i just not i'm just not a fan of that i kind of like to you know uh, start off easing my way in. And so that's kind of what we did. And we just didn't, weren't seeing the deer and we hunted some, they had some small food plots and I'm talking small, small half acre, quarter acre, little clearings in the, in the woods. Um, and so, you know, the, we realized that like, okay, like if we're not seeing the deer here, you know, they're, they're not making it to the food plot before dark, there's gotta be an acorn deal. And so, you know, we, we ended up doing a little bit of that, you know, kind of just on the boots on the ground scouting and, um, you know, we found some spots, but, but we ended up doing a hanging hunt on a, on a big acorn flat that we found and just didn't see the deer. We just didn't, didn't see the, the movement that we were hoping. So, um, it just kind of got to the point to where we were kind of scratching our heads. So at that point, how'd you end up finishing this thing off? So, you know, at just about the point uh, in time where I was, you know, questioning <laughs> if this is, a, if this is ever going to work out, we, <laughs> actually had a our very first stand that we hung was on a ridge top basically um i don't know a quarter mile from this food plot and it was a good terrain feature 
um, you know, I was looking at the 3D version of Onyx on the web browser, and you could see, uh, you could exaggerate the terrain even on there, and so you could really see these little saddles and these ridges. And we hung a set on this ridge that kind of transitioned um, from a couple of different food plots. Basically, there was two food plots, and there was a road system that kind of led to this this ridge. Well, um, we I had a camera that I put on this old logging road below the ridge, below the stand that we hung. I checked that camera, and the biggest deer that we uh, I've had pictures of, um, and they were running cameras before, you know, before we got out there. Um, but the biggest deer that we'd had pictures of was on that camera two nights in a row. And, uh, the first night was after dark, like 30 minutes after dark. And then the second night was like 30 minutes before, uh, or right at sunset, so 30 minutes before shooting time. So we were all pumped and got all excited and hunted that stand for two days straight and did not see the deer. Oh man. <laughs> so like, mm. Uh, just like it was, it was the typical like uh, roller coaster of bow hunting, right? I mean, just like we we're pumped to get there, got excited, didn't see anything. We're kind of like, okay, we're kind of in the low, like this kind of sucks. This is gonna be a tough hunt. Then you get the trail cam pictures, we're all excited, and then no, nope, don't see anything. <laughs> um, but at, as we had uh, hunted that other stand the, the the last few days, the buck I ended up killing daylighted in the food plot that uh that we had hunted earlier in the hunt and so i was like okay like this is it tomorrow's our last day like let's see if we can get this deer killed you know will he come back in the daylight a second day who knows but it's a pretty secluded food plot like on top of the ridge like back in the timber so it's like you know close to close to bedding close to plenty of acorns and stuff so um the only problem was the wind was sketchy and so i was like man i just don't like we there was we had a stand on the food plot already and I was like, I know that's not going to work. Literally completely opposite wrong wind. And I was like, we can hang on the opposite side of the food plot. It's a small food plot, so literally 100 yards away. And the wind is still going to be marginal at best. But if they come from the you know the direction I think the bucks were coming, like it might work. We'll, we'll see if the wind doesn't swirl, right? I mean, that's like the, <laughs> the thing about that area, like with the terrain, is yep. like literally swirly as it gets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. So you ended up shooting an uh, awesome deer there, man, and uh, had a great time, I'm sure. Uh, sometimes the challenging hunts are, are like that, man. They, they, uh, they're they tough when you're there, but after you look back at it, you're like, man, that was that was awesome. That's why we do this, you know, to challenge ourselves. So, you know, if, if uh, Absolutely. based off of what you saw there and uh, and how your experience went and what you think, you know, the, the future weather patterns or whatever look like there, uh, on a scale of one to 10, how would you feel like next week would be, would it be even better or, or do you think it'd be tougher? Um, you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit tougher, uh, early next week. It's the weather is just, is not looking the greatest. And so, um, it's going to be a little bit warmer the first, uh, early part of the week, but there is a, a, a good cold snap coming. And, um, so, you know, I would say if you're going to, if you only have a certain amount of time to hunt, I would key in towards that later, later part of the week. But that being said, the deer are moving. I mean, they're, they're moving in daylight and they're, you know, um, I, I think it's going to be good. That cold front and those, you know, early October cold fronts can be money. If you kind of just be patient and wait for the right time. So mm-hmm. I would say the end of next week, I'd put her at a, probably a, probably an eight. Ooh, oh yeah. Eight, baby. <laughs> That's good, man. That gets me hot. That's cool, dude. Well, appreciate the time, Michael. And I hope you have a great rest, rest of the season, man. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. On the phone now, we've got Matt Ross. He is the Director of Conservation for the NDA. Matt, what's happening, dude? 
What's going on, Casey? I'm doing pretty good up here in New York. Oh, well, it is a little rainy here. We're in South Dakota trying to chase some deer around, but I know you've been chasing around a few deer there in New York, and you always have the tabs on the deer, right? So uh, by profession, you are a wildlife biologist, correct? Correct. Yeah, so what is going on in the deer woods right now, man? Uh, well, where I li- I'm, I live and work out of the Northeast. I've, I've hunted New, uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts when I was living there. But right now I'm in New York State, across most of the Northeast anyway. Um, fall is, is full-on effect. I mean, we're seeing leaves changing and food sources are changing. What deer are doing is they're changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this is a major time when their food availability is a major shift. And people start seeing changes in what deer are doing and they're really starting to focus on those changes of food um a lot of it is hard mass availability um some of it's soft mass this is when they're they're getting off of forbs and trying to find those fruits uh either hard fruits or soft fruits deer hitting acorns the ones that are dropping um, beech nuts in some cases where you got uh, beech um, and uh, there was a lot of early drop of apples this year Mm. Um, across the Northeast, lot, lots of apples were coming down early. Um, and so they're, fo- they're focusing on that. So for a guy from Texas, what is early for apples? What is early for apples? Yeah. Well, right now, like we're starting to see, um, some of the, some of the apple varieties already starting to hit the ground. That's, that seems kind of early. Um, you know, so, uh, a lot of the wild apple trees will drop in September and early October across the Northeast. Uh, but there are some persistent varieties out there. I mean, I don't know all the names of the different apple trees, but um, the ones that are in the wild, but occasionally you'll find trees that'll hold later, but most of them will drop early this time of year. Yeah. So you actually had some success recently and I'm interested in knowing if this was an apple deer or <laughs> otherwise. No, it was a uh, it was an acorn beech nut deer. Mm. Um, our season just opened, Tyler, uh, this past weekend on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really spent a lot of time afield, but um, I have got got luck first set hour and a half into the to the first set. Uh, deer have been filtering through the woods, um, feeding on these acorns and some beech nuts, and I I knew that they were. I have a camera out there. And a doe family group came through, um, three to four individuals, tried tried to shoot the, the big uh, mammoth doe that I've been trying to kill a couple <laughs> of years, but she, she was on to me and uh, I just took took what, what was, you know, was presented. So uh, killed a nice three and a half year old doe on Sunday morning. That's awesome, dude. Uh, Congrats. Thank you very much. The kids were able to help track and, and do all the things because we were right behind the house. Man, dude, that's fun. So is that something like a perennial pattern that you see there behind the house and you can kind of always plan on targeting that, you know, hard mast there, uh, in early October. Yeah. And it, I only really have about two weeks to do it. Um, usually about mid October, they completely abandon that pattern. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I had to hit it hard, hard and fast. So my plan and the weather's not bad this time of year, we actually had a, um, freeze warning last night, but it didn't get that cold. Um, but in about two weeks, they really do abandon the back the the back of our property, and they shift to a different different part. So, so I'm glad I got it done. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome, awesome, dude. Congrats! Yep. You got meat for the uh, fall now, and I would imagine that some focus after fulfilling that task would shift to bucks. Correct. 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 And uh, I've been been paying attention to your 
uh, foibles and uh, a journey that you guys you guys had some success. So congrats to both of you. Thanks, man. Thanks, I appreciate man. that, dude. It's a, it's a weird time of year because bucks are uh, holding tight, but if you can get on them, man, it's it's fun. So uh, now looking forward to what you have going on. You know, say the next week there in in New York, uh, as maybe some of these apples start to drop and the and the hard mast might start to kind of dry up. Um, what do you predict buck movement to be like uh, going forward here? If, if you can give me like a, a rating from one to ten, it's still going to be pretty low on on movement. You're not going to start. You, you won't see some of the activity where their home range, you know, blows up and you start seeing a lot more visibility. In fact, this is the time of year they get more reclusive, or at least it feels like they're begin becoming uh, more nocturnal or or going underground. Um, part of its food. Um, testosterone is starting to, to go up. My plan is to continue to try to focus on where they're bedding, mm-hmm. um, but where they're bedding closer to those new food sources. Mm-hmm. So abandon everything that you saw, um, late summer and the probably, you know, <laughs> September weeks and really try to go to where the food is now and then look for the closest bedding to that. Mm-hmm. Um, food now up here is again, those fruits I just talked about. And bedding would be probably more of like your woodland swamps, uh, cutovers, those kinds of places. We've done some even age timber management on on one of the properties that I like to hunt. Mm-hmm. And so those are two-year-old clear cuts. Um, the deer are going to still bed in those and just filter out and try to hit those acorns or, or apples. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so one to ten, what do you think? A two. A two. All right. right. That's low. Honestly, man, I appreciate some realism here. I think guys tend to get kind of excited, and they always want to throw out these high numbers because season is starting. But, you know, Mm -hmm. that really is probably a pretty uh, good number to look at there. So appreciate the information, Matt. I hope you have a great rest of the season and good talking to you, man. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. Great talking to you. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself 
and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth on the phone we've got roy strawn he has been hunting in texas roy how's it going man man it's great we're headed back to the house now with a couple coolers full uh i got my little boy uh finally finally passed out after the first couple hours of the drive so we're, we're doing real good here <laughs> that's cool man so uh big time in texas this weekend it was the archery opener so a lot of guys hit the woods uh or the hills or whatever you want to call it and uh, you were one of those fellas that got to go out and uh, do a little hunting this weekend right yes sir we uh we hit the hill country this weekend and uh the highways were packed on friday thursday evening and friday getting uh everybody was heading out so uh you couldn't ask for better weather you know we had um i think in we were out towards spicewood on on far west travis county and and we saw temps in the low 50s and then highs in the low 80s uh, during the day. So, I mean, just absolutely gorgeous September. I mean, uh, October weather for for Texas. So, um, great for an archery opener for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, uh, you have a little place out there that y'all get to hunt. And uh, I know that uh, the hill country can be a little challenging sometimes because it's a little bit like feast or famine-like where – uh, depends on acorns and water and all kinds of stuff. But what are the conditions like out there as far as, uh, you know, for the deer? So we hunt a, a small spread that's attached to, um, you know, several other tracks anywhere from six to 1200 acres. And uh, it's kind of a haven, if you will. But, um, you know, lots of uh, lots of uh, hill country oaks, lots of cedar, lots of mesquite. Um, and very very dry um you know we hunt a piece that butts up to the Pernalis and the colorado river where they come in to uh, make lake travis and so there's a little bit of water nearby um but by all means i mean you're still up against you know pretty much drought conditions um you know we've supplemented that with with um a lot of protein and cottonseed uh through the spring and summer uh, I think that helped us quite a bit. Um, you know, one thing that I do think as far as deer movement that's been really strange this year is uh, running cameras, running both uh, conventional and LTE cameras. Uh, we've had virtually no does uh, hmm. that we've seen until about uh, two weeks ago. Um, you know, they're still very nocturnal, the does are, but we've had no does on camera during the day uh, about anywhere from midnight to two o'clock in the morning we just started seeing them 
and then last night I had a doe come in still during the daylight, one by herself. And uh, other than that, I mean, it's kind of strange, but I don't know if that's in relation to the drought or what, but typically where you see quite a few, um, we just hadn't had any on camera. So what do you assume is the reason that they're showing up all of a sudden? Usually you think of bucks this time of year start dispersing and going to different areas because of the rut. Um, is it a, is it a food thing or why are they showing up all of a sudden as does? You know, uh, Tyler, I think that's something, uh, that's kind of the theory I'm working is that, you know, the does that I have seen during the day, you know, um, just out looking at other pieces of property in the area have all had, uh, young yearlings with them, uh, seen a lot of twins. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if they're holding to, uh, food sources tighter, uh, knowing that it's you know a little little scarcer than we've seen in years past, um, but uh, about two miles down the road from where we were hunting this weekend, um, I saw a group uh, actually this morning. Uh, it was about six or seven does, um, and uh, probably about four of them. There are three mature does and four yearlings. I would say one of them had twins, and they were all together, not a buck in sight. Um, so it's definitely interesting uh, compared to years past. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier some full coolers, and I'm assuming that was meat and not liquid drinks, but uh, I know that since you're not seeing very many does, that has to mean that there is a buck involved somewhere in this, man. Tell us the story about this hunt. So uh, we've actually had a very large bachelor group uh, at two of our locations, Um Yesterday morning, uh, I hunted. It was absolutely beautiful morning, um, and we, uh, I had seven seven bucks at the theater. Um, both our shooters that we were looking for, uh, we had three that we're looking for, and then uh, two that we were going to call our, I guess would be more of our management bucks. Uh, but we had all three of them were, or the two two of the three shooters were there yesterday morning, and. Um, it was uh, definitely a sight to see. I mean, you know, that's 14 eyes on you and trying <laughs> yeah. to make a move in that is, is extremely difficult. Um, and uh, so yesterday morning uh, was not what happened. Um, although, or yesterday morning wasn't ideal, let's say that. Uh, we ended up shooting a buck yesterday morning. An absolute terrible, terrible miss. Um, and what happened was the target buck uh, I I was trying to shoot the deer we call High Tower. We've been chasing him for a couple of years. Uh, we've got him. We think he's a little over seven, and um, just absolute gorgeous deer. Big gray hide, sway back, big full neck, and um, very tall, narrow rack. And his G twos we think are going to go fifteen to eighteen inches. Ooh, Toad, absolute mature, one for the wall for sure. And um, so he was, we were playing a game of cat and mouse yesterday. And finally, he was a little leery of, of the hole in the blind. And um, so finally, he looked away and I drew and I had him at 35 yards. And he had kind of circled back and stepped behind where he was standing. And uh, there was a younger deer standing at his hip. And he had moved kind of behind him. And so I, I just assumed he was at 40 and dropped down, used my 40 pin. And he, when I let go of that arrow, I mean, hit the deck and just sailed right over his back. 
and smoked the younger buck. Oh gosh. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful shot. Absolute <laughs> terrible, terrible. Not not the way the plane was supposed to go. Yeah. And uh oh. so luckily it was a good shot. We recovered the deer. Um totally not the deer we wanted to kill, but um hey, we'll we'll take it. Um and so luckily Travis County is a two buck county and um so I climbed back in the stand, uh, licking my wounds that evening and, um, same stand and, uh, not, not expecting much due to the, the death being around the smell of it. And so, uh, climb back in and, you know, we hunt a little bit of, um, so it's a developing area is what I'll say. And, and because of that, you have to deal with a lot of, you know, noises that you wouldn't typically deer with, deal with in the deer woods. And so what happened was, there's a uh, bar and grill, uh, I don't know, probably about a half mile away on the water on the lake. And um, they had a, a great live band last night. Uh, they were playing all kinds of great tunes. And um, so we, uh, and of course, it's echoing through the, you know, the canyon of the, of the lake. And um, uh, then some some guy on a neighboring ranch decided that Sunday was for target practice. And he's out there just going and just burning up ammo like there's no tomorrow and uh i was just sitting there thinking to myself i mean i might i might as well go back to the house and watch college football <laughs> and uh so what what ended up happening is i figured well we'll sit here and if anything it'll be an absolute last minute you know a few minutes of daylight and maybe something will come in and uh our uh our guy quit shooting and it got real quiet and you could still hear the music off in the distance and then out walked a, a pretty mature doe. And I was pretty shocked. And, um, by all means, I was getting ready to make a shot on her. And, um, so I got my bow up on my knee and, uh, was knocked up and, uh, she kept looking back, uh, to the brush real nervous. And I was like, Oh, that, we all know what that means. Um, <laughs> oh, and uh so i said well hold on a minute and uh so my shot from from my seat to the feeder area is uh 20 yards on the dot and um she's milling around and then boom out bumps this uh one of the younger real attractive bucks we've had on camera uh, but he needs a, a few more years um and i'm like oh well, hey little guy and of course they've all been running together so i'm i'm waiting and then boom out steps we have a eight point uh, that he's an eight, but he's big mass deer and just solid throughout, very consistent in his mass, big body. Um, and we have him at, we're saying he's a little over six. And um, I mean, he's just very mature looking deer on the hoof. And um, I had seen him uh, yesterday morning too. And when I saw him, I, you know, he was much more impressive in person than he had been on camera, which is always great. And, uh, so he steps out none the wiser and, uh, he's milling around eating, puts his head down and it's a stand and fill feeder. So he puts his head down and walks behind the feeder. And of course he can't see me at all. And so I've come to full draw and, uh, we still have some protein left in our protein feeders. And so he uh, sticks his nose up in there and he's kind of slightly quartered away the way the feeder sits. And 
um, I, I let a jackhammer fly and I'm, I mean, just absolutely perfect quartered away right behind his shoulder pass through and he jumps and mule kicks and you got that, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but you can hear, you know how it sounds when they good shot goes through both sides, arrow disappears and he mule kicks so big that his butt started coming over his shoulder. <laughs> oh, he kind of stumbled and then fell and took off That's into awesome. the brush. And I, as soon as the dust settled, it's super dry. So there's dust everywhere. And um, uh, I grab my binoculars and I'm looking and I can see my arrow. And from my blind, I can see just blood all over the arrow. And uh, I, uh, I'm, of course, I'm shaking. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what's so great is I'm, I'm in there shaking like a leaf on a tree and super pumped, knowing I just smoked this deer. And um, so I don't even waste any time. Uh, I get down, I go over there, look at the arrow and just, you can tell. And, um, I even, uh, I, I had a little help, a little, uh, humble video I made on Instagram and, and, uh, of the bloody arrow and, uh, it's just great. And so I, you know, I saw where he ran. So I made a few steps and there's just a beautiful blood trail. It's the hill country. So there's lots of rock. And which is great because you can just see the trail through the rock and um, we end up getting down there and end up, uh, I mean, he wasn't 20 yards from where I hit him and uh, didn't go 20. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome, man. Congrats on that, so, dude. Uh, That's so cool. So yeah, and, uh, it was great. So recovered him quick and, and uh, he was heavy, very, very heavy. Awesome, yeah, dude, dude. He's a good looking buck, man. I understand it's not social uh, official right now, so we're kind of getting the the pre uh, you know story on this thing. So that's cool, man. Congrats on that deal. I know the having the family out and everything is a big deal for you. So whenever you uh, kind of look at what's coming forward in Texas for the next week or so, as far as weather goes and conditions and all that, if you had to rank what you predict the buck movement to be like, like within the next week, what would you say that is between a one and a 10? Man, I, I think to be honest, I think we'll probably be somewhere between a six and a seven. Um, it's pretty good. There's, there's some talk of uh, some more weather coming I think right now, um, the younger bucks we saw were, or though, especially the one I killed yesterday morning, he was a little wet in his tarsal already. I mean, you, the hill country kicks off super early as far as rut goes. Usually you get about two, maybe three weeks if you're lucky into October and you get a little cold snap and, uh, those guys will, they'll separate real fast and, uh, spread and, um, cool. you know, that's that's just what i've seen in my area um but it's always been that way i know growing up if, if it was cold during halloween the rut was already over that's awesome stuff yeah man that's good stuff i appreciate the uh you know from the field info that you got there man and congrats on the bucks yeah man thank you guys it was uh, a lot of fun for sure i got to have my family with me for the for the laying down picks and and that's uh just makes it all that much more special now we're talking to christian babcock from hunter's advantage dude you have had some really awesome success here recently uh in oklahoma it looks like just a toad bug tell us about that man 
Yeah, no. Uh, hey, I was thinking about it the other day. This is the earliest buck that I've killed by about two weeks. Opening day buck is, is not the normal for me. Um, but yeah, no, I had an awesome hunt down in Southwest Oklahoma on a property we've been. We set it up in the summer, left it alone, and uh, it, it is it is weird. Mature bucks do move when you stay out of the property. So <laughs> it, was, it was just a great hunt. <laughs> that's cool. Dude. So you you left it alone after you set it up. Um, you think that's a key? That sounds like you're thinking that's a key piece of this whole equation. I think it is. I, I think for most people, I, I'm I used to be one of them. Are anxious to check trail cameras, do all these habitat improvements, and Sometimes it's best to just let deer be deer. And when you leave them alone and it just seems like good results. I've shot a buck the first sit on that property the last two years. One was a seven and a half year old buck and the next one, this one was a six and a half year old buck. So they move in daylight if you leave them alone. So is this a deer that you have some history with? I do. Uh, He was a five and a half year old buck last year and uh, never got an encounter with him. I actually tagged out in Oklahoma and he started showing up in daylight right after that. He's probably a a mid 140s buck last year in 11 and ended up sprouting to a 13 this year and wow i think i got him at his peak he was a he's a pretty cool buck yeah dude that's beautiful so this area of the country you're uh talking about is kind of diverse in habitat what's the uh the general you know habitat of the area that you're hunting there yeah this it's interesting because you got the wichita mountain range which is you know peaking and awesome beautiful to look at but then the stuff i'm hunting is flat as crap so It's weird. It's like you're sitting by the highest stuff in the area, and then I'm also sitting on this flat ag land that's just nine foot of native gra- native grasses. So that's kind of what it lays out and looks like. Oh, no wonder cool there's property. giants there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's cool. So what was the pattern this buck was on? Man, it was awesome. He had been coming in 14 days in a row since oh, september morning and evening. And I was just kind of, you know, joking back and forth with my buddies. I was like, watch this. October 1, he'll stop. They know he'll figure it out. And uh, about seven fifteen, I'd been in the stand, got in hurt an hour before uh, shooting light, just because I did not want to booger him. And he showed up seven fifteen, so he read the script and uh, it worked out. Yeah. So what's the what is the key um, to setting up in the way of deer out there? Man, um, I'm a betting guy. I, I think there's a lot of different strategies you could use in there. A lot of people hunt wheat, you know, hunt transition areas between bedding and wheat. I don't have any uh, wheat on, or food on my property. I do run some corn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just hunting real close to the bedding. Bedding is a limited resource in the place that I'm hunting. So I get up in there chilly. And so <laughs> I, I try to wait for the, the best wind, the most favorable wind conditions, get in early and try to stay still that's kind of been my recipes for success dude that's awesome so this buck is just a big old heavy nasty uh 13 point six and a half year old deer he's got looks like to me his neck's already swelling pretty good uh how close to rut action are these deer right now i don't know i mean i think that i think we're still a little ways off Uh, weirdly enough he had some velvet still on his faces wow so it was, yeah, it's easy, easy the definition of an early season buck. I, I think we still got two, three weeks in this, this area of the country until we're starting to see a little bit more of that big buck activity as far as a lot of rubs, a lot of scrapes. Um, there's some community scrapes on this property, and they haven't really been that open. So I'm just waiting for that activity. I think we're still a few weeks out. Yeah. Sure. So this is a property that you've monitored for quite a few years, and so I'm, it seems like you kind of have the calendar down as to what goes on here. Uh, looking at the conditions we have ahead, it's been pretty hot, but things are starting to change a little bit. And just some of the knowledge you have from seasons past, 
What do you predict buck activity to be like over the next week? And uh, give us a, a rating, like from one to ten. Yeah, so a couple different things um, on this property. I'm thinking I'm that mid range. I'm thinking a four or five in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. We're mm-hmm. still seeing highs in the mid to high eighties. I got a sunburn trying to track this. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't. I did not enjoy that, but we're actually headed up to Kansas um, later part of this week and seeing some uh, lows dropping from the mid 50s down to the high 30s. So where I'm hunting in the next week, uh, I'm going to give that about a seven or an eight. But where I hunted on this particular buck, I'd say about a five, four or five. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. It's promising, man. The up and up is coming. We're getting close to Nebraska, or to November. And, uh, man, I appreciate you hopping on the phone with us. Congrats on the big buck. And we will talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. I hope y'all have a great opening week of deer season for many of the states out there. If you want to get hype about some deer hunting, we just released a new video on the Element channel that is all about South Dakota hunting from last year. Lots of big bucks going down there. Also, be sure and check out the latest episode of Deer Country with Mark Kenyon over on the Meat Eater YouTube channel. And if you want to see something you might encounter this year, go check out Tony Peterson's most recent article about blood trailing deer on wiredtohunt.com. This has been Rut Fresh Radio. Y'all keep it fresh. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.